0: This program is community service and is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice. Listeners having questions about their health should make an appointment to see their personal physician. Any opinions or statements made during the program are those of the individuals or physicians making the statements and are not the opinions or statements of the hospital. If you know someone who's had a stroke, chances are you've heard of one of the most common treatments for stroke patients, a drug called TPA. It works by breaking up the clot in the brain and allowing blood flow to the area that's being deprived of blood. However, a new breakthrough treatment, mechanical thrombectomy, reduces stroke-related disability and deaths better than TPA alone. Here with us to discuss the procedure is Dr. Ashish Gajjar, a neurologist at Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center. Pleasure to have you here, Dr. Gazer. Can you start by helping us understand, in layman's terms, what mechanical thrombectomy is?
1: Well, thank you for having me. Um, mechanical thrombectomy is a interventional procedure um, where a catheter or series of wires is introduced into a large artery in the leg and then snaked upwards through the large uh, conglomeration of arteries in the chest and then subsequently into the arteries of the neck and area in order to access the brain in order to then remove the clot that is lodged in the brain, that would be the stroke, via uh, either a means of a stent uh, or an uh, aspiration of just really trying to suck the clot out. Uh, and that's basically what mechanical thrombectomy is, to use the, the devices to remove the clot, not through any specific medication, but to actually extract it um, directly at uh, the artery that is clogged.
0: Wow. So how long has this procedure uh, been around for, and is it widely available?
1: This procedure has been around in some rudimentary form for upwards of fifty sixty years. It was just used in various other conditions such as uh, aneurysm um where instead of extracting a clot, uh, the access point was used to deliver coils in order to close off a aneurysm uh in the last ten years or so, or I should say even subsequently before then um in the last fifteen to twenty years, this procedure has been studied for use in acute ischemic stroke or stroke where there's a clot lodged in one of the main arteries. The procedure was studied for those 5 to 10 years and the data that's been so positive showing the benefits have really come in the last 5 to 7 years.
0: Wow, and I'm—I was also in doing some research. I saw that studies show that after this mechanical thrombectomy, that people actually recover faster and have improved quality of life compared to using the TPAs alone. But I'm really curious—is are there certain patients where the mechanical thrombectomy isn't necessarily an option, where you, they just have to stick to the TPAs?
1: Yes, the criteria of for patients who would benefit from this procedure has been really defined within that last five years, as the positive data has come from trial. Um mostly that have been published in the New England Journal. The met- the treatment um or the intervention of mechanical thrombectomy is limited in some respect to generally large strokes and by that I don't mean just a large cons- uh, constellation of symptoms but rather symptoms that are associated with a blockage of a large artery of the brain of the brain. So those symptoms would include the inability to speak rather than just slurred speech um, a loss of vision in one particular field of vision um, or a symptom called neglect where the patient is basically so severely affected by their stroke that they're actually unaware of this uh, degree of symptoms. So these would be the considered large artery or cortical symptoms, what we call, uh, and this med- this treatment strategy would benefit those patients who have that severe specific deficits because those would reflect that there is a large occlusion uh, or an occlusion of a large artery of the brain the means by which we determine that are through specialized cat scans called a cta or cat scan angiography which is uh, basically a more sophisticated cat scan which would inject dye and to see as that dye is penetrated through the arteries of the brain that that it eventually stops penetrating through one artery revealing that there's a clot in that in that area which would be amenable to potentially amenable to retrieval
0: and what is? Let, I want to get a little bit technical with the terms here. You had mentioned that this is really good for acute ischemic uh, strokes, um, but I've also heard of the hemorrhagic stroke as well. Can you kind of just discuss the differences between the two and then when you might want to consider that CAT scan to see if the procedure is necessary?
1: Sure. So you're correct in, in uh, breaking, down croat, uh, breaking down stroke into two large um, groups. One would be ischemic, so a clot where there is lack of blood flow, to a specific artery of the brain, that can be a large artery or a small artery, um, and then the other condition of stroke would be a hemorrhagic stroke or a bleeding. That bleeding can occur deep inside the brain, on the outside of the brain, um, and produce stroke symptoms, which are essentially a, neuro, a, a acute neurologic constellation of symptoms associated with a either clot or bleeding uh, complication in the brain. Mechanical thrombectomy is useful for that subset of strokes which is both ischemic as well as corresponding to a large artery occlusion rather than the small artery and the reason for that is that the mechanisms by which we would use to extract the clot are not amenable to those very small clots that are you know, on the order of less than three millimeters in size and our retrieval devices are just not able to capture those effectively without causing complications.
0: So let's talk a little bit about recovery time um, from a mechanical thrombectomy, or maybe a better question is, what is the recovery time from a stroke treated with mechanical thrombectomy?
1: Most of the patients who require mechanical thrombectomy can also receive IVTPA, the medicine that you had mentioned earlier. Um, so typically, they will be admitted to an intensive care unit overnight, um, and a lot of patients who may only have this problem in isolation have had such positive benefits that they're able to re- return home or to a short stint in rehabilitation within just a couple days of their admission to the hospital. The long term consequences are certainly going to require a, a, a multi factor approach using various therapies, including physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, um, for the time going forth, usually on the order of several months, similar to what people were receiving. Uh, in any stroke condition prior to the advent of mechanical thrombectomy. So the recovery period for stroke is measured on the order of months, but we tend to find that looking at the data for mechanical thrombectomy, that patients with good outcomes are disproportionate or patients who receive mechanical thrombectomy are more, are disproportionately in a better outcome scale than those who did not.
0: So, you know, I, I kind of, we're talking about strokes and it's very, it's fascinating and exciting to hear that mechanical or a procedure like mechanical thrombectomy exists and that the outcomes have been so positive. But in general, just because I know we're all thinking about it, what, what can we do to prevent strokes in the first place? Do you have any best practices or things that you would like your patients to adhere to?
1: So there are the general five most common um, stroke risk factors. The most difficult uh, or, or the ones that are sort of most complicating and of higher risk for developing strokes are high blood pressure and tobacco abuse. Now, we've made tremendous strides in terms of community public health measures to reduce the incidence of these two particular um, risk factors, um, so tobacco exposure and high blood pressure or, or hypertension. Um, those are the two largest risk factors. Among any age group, whether or not you're talking about the elderly or the relative young who may develop stroke, the other con- the other risk factors of consequence are of uh, important consequence are diabetes, high cholesterol, and these would those four that I've mentioned here are considered the modifiable risk factors. Another one would be family history, but that's something that's certainly not modifiable as a hereditary um, uh, as people develop or people who are uh, have a hereditary risk factor for development of what we call atherosclerotic disease or an abnormal buildup of plaque in the arteries of the body, including the brain, which could lead to stroke. If it was in the heart, could lead to heart attacks. The other very important risk factor, which does ally very commonly with a need for us to perform mechanical thrombectomy, is is a condition called atrial fibrillation. Which is an irregular heart rhythm and, and has a very high propensity for stroke development, particularly in the elderly. The treatment or the modifiable risk factor for, for, atrial fibrillation in terms of stroke reduction is to be placed on a blood thinner. Um, the most classic one that was, that has been around for several decades is Coumadin. But in the advent of the last five to 10 years, there's been a development of a, of a, category of medicines called novel oral anticoagulants. And so these are the ones like Eliquis, Pradaxa, Xarelto, these are the most commonly used novel oral anticoagulants. These are all used for stroke prevention in atrial fibrillation.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I think a major takeaway there, uh, besides those blood thinning agents that you discussed is just trying to lead that healthy lifestyle to reduce the risk of getting a stroke. And we really appreciate you just being here today, educating us on, um, on those prevention, prevention mechanisms as well as the mechanical thrombectomy. Is there anything else you'd like our audience to know here today, doctor?
1: Well, I think that that basically covers the many facets of, uh, Stroke, both in terms of prevention, in terms of the definition of uh, stroke, either being ischemic or hemorrhagic, the availability of medicines such as TPA, and then, as we've discussed, the advent and uh, uh, popularization of the use of mechanical thrombectomy, um, which should be the treatment going for that, that should be a, a prominent treatment going forth in terms of availability in the community for those patients who would most adequately benefit. It's been an exciting time in the last five years as the data has become very positive for the use of mechanical thrombectomy, which is a very devastating illness, and um, we're finally able to provide uh, evidence-based treatment strategies um, that can lead patients back to those very good outcomes of minimal disability and able to carry out their activities of daily living uh, effectively um, using the measures that we've discussed.
0: Yeah, that truly is exciting. And it's I think it's so great that it's available right there in San Luis Obispo County. For more information, please visit our website at tenanthealthcentralcoast.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. This has been Healthy Conversations, the podcast from Tenant Health Central Coast. Thank you so much and we'll talk next time.